Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. Hello. Hello. Hey. hey. <laughs> How's it going? Pretty good. Well, was I complaining about the pollen last week? Uh, no, you weren't. But I guess you're uh, going to complain about it right now. Well, I'm going to complain about it because it's nearly it's nearly as bad as Alabama. Except the the thing there is when it. Usually when the trees pollinate in Alabama, it's like two or three days, maybe four days before it rains, and then we're done with it. Mm -hmm. This is going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Oh, man. I feel for you. Well, thankfully, I have, I have, I don't have medications, but I have vitamin supplements that seem to work. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, you do? You don't have any of that stuff. You don't have allergies like that, do you? I have to use what? I well, it used to be called QBC Flex. Now it's called Certain from Solaray. Mm, it doesn't that sound familiar? I had a, when I um, this is probably before we started. When I was when I got to do facilitate, uh, how did I do that? How do you want to say this? I was a meeting facilitator and host for a um, South by Southwest. Thing on gamification mm -hmm. and when i went there uh the lady one of the lady panelists was a friend of mine and she let me stay with her while i was in austin and austin had was going through the same same thing just about this time of year um uh, maybe a little earlier and i'm sitting there and i'm taking Sudafed and i'm sneezing 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 she said here take this and she gave me four cuplet uh QBC plexus. She said, <laughs> super load your system. And boy, did that change the game. After that, I, I, I went years without taking Sudafed. And when I got here, I had to take them because QBC, it was stronger than QBC plex, but it's a, it's a mild, it's milder now for some reason. So I'm able to use that to keep me from sneezing, although it does make my eyes. I've never heard of this stuff. Yeah, it's it's uh, going as uh, it's not called. Like I said, it used to be easier than that, but it's it's celebrate you certain. I think that's right. That's you crazy. Oh, you know, I don't know. That's that's a it's it's. I've never had them my entire life, and then uh, a few years ago, I realized I always got sick around the same time every year, mm -hmm. and I thought, hmm. I wonder if that has something to do with allergies. I can I can guarantee so, you for me it is. And but but this year it was weird. It didn't happen. So it may have been because of the weirdness of the weather. Yeah, none, that, none of that happened this year. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, so it's the the jury's out. The jury's call out. them suckers back in. You need to know. <laughs> Perfect. Get the verdict. Um, so so um. So I've been listening to Steve Turley, right? Since you mm -hmm. put him on to me. Did you know this guy is probably Greek? Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I, <laughs> I do know he used to be a Christian musician, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get get this. So I'm listening to him, right? I don't know if you've been I, listening to him, I still listen to him. Re religiously or not. But uh, around, uh, which usually... Uh, yeah, I, I tend to listen, maybe not as, as religious as Dave, but pretty close. Go ahead. Well, around Greek Easter, he was saying Christos Anesti and Kalopaska, which are all these like, you know, happy Easter and Christ is mm -hmm. risen and stuff like that. And I'm like, why is he, how does he know how to say these things so well? <laughs> and I went back and found out that he was, uh, he, he's Greek Orthodox or he's Orthodox. He, he said in one of his shows, he's Eastern Orthodox. And I thought, oh, okay, uh, I that's that interesting. Yeah, I so that he's part. Eastern. So he's actually uh, Eastern Orthodox. He said Eastern mm. Orthodox, but then his bio on Conservapedia says that he's uh, a member of a Greek Orthodox church. Mm. And then I found out, then he says something, he, somebody was commenting on one of his live streams about anime and how anime is terrible. And he said, oh, no, no, you shouldn't say that. Anime, a lot of times, 
upholds traditional values. So it's actually right. a good thing, right? And he goes, uh, you know, I'm I and he talks about Japan and then he talks about offhand how he's his wife is Japanese. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> this is like wow. another brother from another mother for me, man. He's like he's 53, he's old, he's younger than I am, but he's very similar to this Eric Eric Metaxas guy, right? So I just thought, wow, this is this is weird. <laughs> you should drop him a line and say, hey, you know. I will. There may be a connection there. Well, there's a connection there. Is you've got to make it though. Yeah. So it's, it, I just thought it was interesting that 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 popped up. No, I right didn't there. know that. I didn't. Know, I did not. No, I did not know that. Connections, I, man. I, connections. The, the only reason I even knew he was uh, uh, was a Christian. Um, uh, he was, I think he's a Christian musician. Was, yeah, yeah, that's he, right. That was his was first on, career. Uh, the start of his career he, was music. He was. Yeah, he he was on the seven. He somehow there's a video of the Seven Hundred Club, which I don't watch that much, but he was on it. And I said, "Oh, Steve Turley." <laughs> yeah, you know, so there's connections going on all over the place. He's an interesting. He's an interesting guy, especially with his. Uh, he's got a, this classical education. He can. He knows ancient Greek. Yeah. And stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this this is good. This guy's this guy's good. But this is not, this is not what I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to like raise it oh, up. It's just I, a I just, coincidence. Just something it's that came up today. Very so. So before we get into it, yeah, uh, we're going to split expenses or what? You want to? You want to? How do you want to do this? What? What? What do you mean? What? What are you, what are you talking about? Yosemite. Oh, I don't know if I can go that weekend. Oh, uh, I got. I still working weekend? through my calendar. I'm still working yeah. through the. I'm well, still working through my calendar. So I can book a room. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't do. I can't tell you right now. I'll have to. I'll okay. have to tell you offline. But okay, uh, okay. yeah. So, so let me tell you the thing I got last week, or maybe early part of this week, was I'm on a Mariposa County. Uh, mailing list or something like that mm -hmm. and i got a thing that says if you're gonna go to yosemite you want to go early in the morning mm. because it's likely to flood by the end of the day oh jesus are you sure that's a good idea maybe we should just meet in the city no i'm sure that there's some places in san francisco that are not riddled with homelessness <laughs> you know they're thinking about calling what they're calling the national guard for uh for San Francisco, that was a couple of weeks ago. I'm surprised you didn't hear about it. I did not, but I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised considering it how may, it may be a memory. How horrific! Make. Actually, I found I found a really interesting article on City Journal. Do you ever read City Journal? No. So City Never Journal. Never heard of it. City Journal is a um, it's a it's a newspaper that comes out. Of, it's, sorry, it's a magazine that comes out of New York. Uh huh. But so it's heavily New York centric. It's, it's like really small, a paper, really small paper magazine, mm -hmm. and it's it's heavily New York centric, but it's conservative, which I find kind of strange. But they also do they also Are do you a sure lot of oxymoron. <laughs> they also do a lot of, and it's cheap too. So unlike very, you know very expensive magazines, it's like six bucks or something like that, and it's fairly thick. So I think they come out once a month, and it's nice and glo it's glossy and. It actually has some really meaty stories in it, and uh, another one of their stories popped up in my feed called the the encampment state. He just they just it was just published three days ago, and it's talking about how horrible things are on, in California on uh, and the housing crisis and all that stuff. And it's a really interesting article. It basically encapsulates the whole thing, and it talks about how uh, governments make it make it worse. And, you know, they, right. they, they, you know, they allow some things to happen, but they don't, the homelessness, they basically just let run out of control. You know, tents are everywhere. I mean, I mean, you remember what it was like before, right? There was some homelessness in the tenderloin, but now it's everywhere, right? Yeah. It's, uh, well, I haven't been, it's, I haven't been to the city in about 10 we're talking right at 10 years it's been 10 yep. years since i've been there so it was still relatively i mean i the way i always think about san francisco i have walked from i probably have walked from one of the piers mm -hmm. all the way to the bart station over on market street yeah 
I mean, cross city. We're not talking. I, I'm, I'm smart enough that I can avoid the tenderloin. I knew where that was. Yeah, yeah. But other right than that, I walked that city, I, I, which is really strange. I've never walked any other city. I've always drove right to where I needed to go and get out. Well, Tepico is pretty walkable. Not, not, yeah. not anymore. Well, <laughs> mind you, but it, it used it to be very walkable. Walkable, but it's not a walkable city, man. Oh man. No, not even. Chinatown. Oh my god. Yeah. And I still don't understand why why they're doing this. It's like there's so many of these things. There seems to be these big, huge things where a logical human being would think, why? Like, what are the reasons behind? It's like the whole trans Bud Light thing. And now Target mm-hmm. apparently is jumping in. I don't know if you read the articles on Target. Yeah, well, I haven't read it, but I know what it's but about. But yeah, they're like, they've got, they've got clothes that are specifically for trans, turning yeah. kids trans. Uh, and 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 so Target's doing that, and the Bud Light thing, and apparently you've heard the the rest of what's happening with that, right? I mean, apparently they're buying back all the stock because no oh, one's buying Bud it. Oh, no, uh, uh, Amheuser Busch is buying back the Molson stock. They're buying no, they're buying back the stock of beer that's out there because nobody's buying it. They're oh. buying it back from the retailers. The retailers are are suffering, right? Oh, you got yeah. all these poor retailers suffering. And losing money because nobody's buying them, so they're buying everything back. And now they've started talking about job cuts because obviously, with a huge dip in sales and a huge dip in revenues, a huge dip in profits, you know they can't afford to have these people on. So it's kind of like, you know, here here's the backlash against this this bullshit, right? Right. Serious backlash against this bullshit. And but companies are still jumping into the fray and they're still doing this. Right. Okay, so so, so you, we see we are looking at these things. We're going, why is the city allowing these people, allowing homeless people to go everywhere? Why are these companies allowing the you know the trans activists to to like define the direction that they're going in their marketing? And and it's like, why are these people doing these things that are illogical? Right? They're just they're just it's just illogical things. And and the ESG money can't keep be covering the Bud Light thing. And whatever upside they're getting out of allowing tent cities in their tent cities in San Francisco can't be as good as getting rid of them. So I, I don't understand why this why why these people are doing these things. I just just don't get it. Okay, so I ha- I there's correlations, but no causation. That I'm about to throw out there. Okay, uh, um, I think it's. Certainly, it's BlackRock. Have you run across BlackRock? Oh yeah, Rock? no, I, I've heard. We've heard about this whole, you know, ESG score. No, 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 you, no. You no, hit the, no, you hit the correct. It's Larry Fink, and and these companies right. are like, you know, they've got they've got this pipeline of cash, right? And they're going to cut it say, off if you they're going, if they're blackmailing them. They're going. You want cash? You need cash. We're going to cut yours off unless you do this. Yeah, but is that pipeline of cash really worth more than? The amount of market share and revenues they're going to lose from regular people buying their product if they do it. They're 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 managers. They're not entrepreneurs. They're talking about managers. They they live and die by cash flows and and um, and uh, profit loss statements. Well, so you're telling me that somebody at Bud Light is going is is got like a scale in front of them, and they're going you know revenues from yep. customers. Yep. Yep. Cash flow from black. Look at this. And they're going, I'd rather take the cash flow from BlackRock than the revenues from customers. Seriously? One of them is more more stable. (laughs) Obviously, it's being proved right now. One of them is more stable. And cash from customers is notoriously unstable. And that's that's demonstrating demonstrating a a core principle of, of socialism and communism is the the big the big money boys are more stable than us terrible customers. Yeah. No, I I, I can I can see that, but it is stability. No, I mean the the, the it, it, there they must be suffering now though, right? Isn't Bud Light suffering? Dude, or, well, isn't Anheuser Busch suffering? Is, isn't Anheuser Busch suffering? Not. You don't think I, so? When you say they can't afford to keep them, I'm like, right. They're they're that close to the margin that that they can't afford. I, they probably got enough bank to put them on put them on for like ten or twenty years without even a dent. So they're just using it as an excuse to fire people. Yes. Okay. 
Okay. That, so these guys. My feeling. And, and the, the reason I'm saying this is because uh, I think I put this out. It, somebody somewhere did a calculation like Ford did on the Pinto many, what, 40 years ago? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. The, the exploding the Pintos. The, crash, <laughs> the exploding Pinto. It's the, it's the same calculation. Yeah, At somebody some did it. And yeah, somebody said it's like it's cheaper for us to right it's to pay out us. and yeah. Mm -hmm. So, at somebody somewhere at the heart of all this, I'm not even sure. I would call it a CFO. There's a banker who's sitting there with a the spreadsheet saying, "Hey, you do this to get this to happen, or we will cut your money off." I and I had no, like I said, I have co. Correlation, I have no evidence for that ever. It's just nobody ever talks about it. And I said, but, you know, this looks like the same thing. They're they're taking the loss. It's, it's like a loss leader. And this is, the loss leaders are kind of agenda-driven yeah. if you think about it. We're going to take the loss so that we get the cash. We get the cash from the people coming in. And this happens, uh, I mean, locally it happens with Safeway. About uh, once or twice a month, they will do ten avocados for ten bucks, which mm -hmm. is fairly cheap. Mm -hmm. And we always um, we always try to go because we'll go through ten avocados within a couple of weeks. Yeah, and they're taking a I know they're taking a loss to get people through the door. Yeah, what's well, the same with the Costco chickens, right? Right. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you guys you guys go to yeah. Costco, but you know you've got their, your five dollar. You know the funny thing chicken, about that. The right? funniest thing. When I still was still working in the city, I was a Costco member. I wasn't a black card member, but I was still had the white card. Mm -hmm. And there, I think SF Gate or something like that came out with the they remember when they used to do the um, the best of the best or something. I, it was it was like a, a customer satisfaction thing within the various things within the the various retail sectors within the city and right. costco chicken was what the uh, the roasted chicken was the best chicken in san francisco mm -hmm. by a huge margin i went and i wasn't even eating the stuff then i was just going there to get you know get you know little things after that i started getting that thing i'm like if it's good enough for San Francisco, as picky as those people are, I'm I'm down with that. I can eat it, and I well, do. It's a great it's a great uh, cheap meal. Yes, right? it is. Because if you think about how much it costs to buy a raw chicken and cook it, it's there's nowhere near. It's 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 a no brainer, right? And it's always um, at the back of the very back of the store. And you've got so to walk all the way back, all there. the way through the store to get they to. They have it. Um, yeah. They have. Um, the other one that's a is a loss leader is the hundred is the dollar fifty hot dog. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Costco, back, real quick, I just bought this last week. Costco in, in the back of the meat case, pretty close to where the chicken is. I'm not sure if it's exactly there, but in that meat case close by, they have the leftover breast from mm -hmm. the, from the roasted chicken. Yep. And they pack it all up in like a two pound package. Yeah. That makes some of the best food. I mean, and Rose, <laughs> Rose is like, it's not fresh cooked. I'm like, Rose, what is fresh? What is what is fresh? Exactly. Let's say the marketing term is bullshit. <laughs> That's what it is. It's true. It's true. It's like fish. If you think about fish, right? Yeah. Uh, everyone's like, oh, fish has got to be fresh. Fish has got to be fresh. It's and like, it's all been what frozen, do you think you know? happens when they pull it out of the water it, when they they're in the, the ocean? Freezer. When they when they're on the ocean on the ocean, pulling in all this fish, where do you think it goes? Straight the into the freezer. <laughs> so it is frozen the moment it is pulled out. Not only frozen, it's flash frozen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like you know it, you can't get around it. You can't get uh, well, around no, it. I, and and like I like I said, Rose, it's not. I don't know. Fresh, fresh is is it's on Ravies here locally. They'll say. Never uh, cooked, never frozen. I think that's right. what it says on the crab. Yeah, and she likes that stuff. The frozen crab is watery, and I agree with her. Yeah, I, yeah. Crab is crab is different, but fish itself is it's fairly frozen. fairly. Yeah, it's it's basically and frozen chicken, as soon as it's way. pulled out. And the thing about the but plus the thing about chicken is that the chicken at Costco is you know brined, 
right? right. Once you, you, I mean, you've brined chicken, you've brined turkeys, right. you've brined chicken. You know that it makes a huge difference in how, in what the meat's like. How juicy is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it, it, I mean, it's obviously brined and it's obviously well brined because it's very flavorful. And who knows what other chemicals they shoot in there to make it taste good. But yeah, it is good. It's very good. And it's not going to stop people from buying it. But but that's the thing that I don't the thing that is I still don't understand think that are they really making that much more money from ESG? Like are they going to say are they going to really look at it and go this is our long-term customer base. We're basically shooting well, our long-term okay, customer so, base down in yeah. lieu of the money. And then the other the corollary to that is where are they getting them? Where's ESG? Where's BlackRock getting where's their the money, money from? Okay, so so this, the, uh, so you have, so you haven't really been down the uh, Rothschild rabbit hole yet. Well, here let's let's just work backwards here. So I'm I am a I'm a corporation. Right. I'm contacted by BlackRock saying, "Hey, mm -hmm. if you if you just go woke, I'll give you." You know, I'll, not, I'll no, give you as I'll, much money. It's not a if. It's when you want cash. You yeah. Have to when do you this. want. Okay. It's so when you want cash, you're going to do it. You know, you'll get 10 billion in cash if you go woke, right? Uh, oh, you so you just sign up. You got to break the if. It's not <laughs> okay. conditional. You're go going woke. to do this when you're when you want cash. You do this. No, but, but no, but I mean, when you want cash, you do this. So they have to sign a deal with the devil to get the yep. cash. So. I'm a regular company. I don't have a deal with um, I don't have a deal with BlackRock, but okay. I'm making say ten billion in profits. Just just say that as an example. So I'm sitting here. I'm a corporate executive. I'm making ten billion in profits for my customer base. I get a call from Larry Fink saying, "Hey, ten million dollars if you just go woke, or twenty billion if you go woke." And I'm like, "Oh, well, that sounds good." So I'm willing to give up. A portion of my customer base to get this twenty billion dollars, but it's not going to be your customer because they're going to buy the company from you for twenty billion dollars. Oh, so they're? I thought they were just flooding cash into these companies. No, they're they're buying. They're, oh, so they so it's basically the shareholder calling you and saying, "I'm the biggest shareholder in your company, so you better go woke, Something otherwise, like yeah. you know." We're gonna we're gonna uh, tank your stock, so it's it's, it's extortion. It's, it's pink mail, right? So I'll say, oh crap! I guess I better go woke, otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, I have no choice. So they're they don't really have a choice in the matter because they're being run no. by. So even Anheuser Busch is being leveraged by. So Larry calls him up and says, hey, let's pick a brand that you want to do this to, and. They decided to do with Bud Light, and I guess they yeah, were probably you know, okay with losing it. <laughs> well, so even so, even with the with the total loss, uh, the way I look at that is um, their market share or their or their sales. I think it's their sales, not market share. Uh, their sales has only dropped seventeen percent. Mm -hmm. So that means there's eighty what eighty three percent of the people are still buying this stuff. Yeah. And that's a that's a big number. Yeah. It's maybe not. Maybe it's not the profit margin. Uh, I mean, it's maybe right. Maybe below cost at eighty three percent. They may need ninety percent for profit, or there's some number that is associated per person, right? Right. Uh, you you know what your cost per customer. So they know they pretty much know that if they, they know did, the numbers, yes. if they do this, then they know how much market share they're going to lose, and they're willing right. to lose. Before doing anything I think, about it, I think on in Anheuser Busch's case, yeah, I think stock the the the, uh, the the average stockholder is the one that's getting screwed. I'm really bad. Well, the average whatever always gets screwed, right? <laughs> right. Well, it's, and and your elites never. You never have to worry about your elites. No, they they're. <laughs> They're taking um, what is it called the golden parachute? Oh yeah, it's essentially the same thing. They're they're and that I think that's what I kind of think that's what's going on behind the scenes. They're being these. Let me see, let me think of a good one. Um, 
Uh, well, and I'm going to say with Anheuser Busch, they were bought by Molson from Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And European, so that means the European values are coming over to an American institution, mm-hmm. and they're saying, "Hey, you know, you're going to do this. We've been doing it with, um, uh, let's say Guinness, not Guinness, but uh, and uh, Heineken, or or Molson. We've been doing this for forever. You're going to do it too." Yeah. Now that's one way to look at it is is they bought the company and they're going to do it. There's the other one is um in reverse is that uh, uh Mars Mars chocolate is it that makes M&Ms bought Cadbury. You ought to see you ought to hear the English people talk about what Mars did to Cadbury. Oh yeah, it's bad. Terrible. It's they like it's uneatable. <laughs> anymore really but yeah they bought them about four or five six years ago something like that and they turned they took the american uh version of milk chocolate over to england oh oh yeah i can see why they wouldn't like that (laughs) so i mean that is not good (laughs) all this kind of stuff is kind of stirring the pot i'm not going to say i know it directly but i do think that what, who, I'm trying to think who's the there's a co-partner with BlackRock. BlackRock mm, is Vanguard. Like, Vanguard, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. think of it. I knew it's one of the big ones, but I couldn't think. Of it. Yeah, one of them is is um, publicly owned, and the other one's privately owned. Privately owned, and I'm not sure which is which. But one of and and the one that is privately owned owns most of the publicly, so mm-hmm. they 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 can tell them what to do. Basically, mm. the, and the, the, I was going to tell you this earlier. Um, when I was at NASA, uh, kind of the one the same is he that owns the gold. He who has the gold makes the rules. That's mm. the golden rule at NASA. He who <laughs> has the gold makes the rules, and that's indeed pretty much how it is too. So, if if you if you've got budget. You're going to you're going to you're going to get your stuff done, but you're going to get it done your way because you're going to spend your money. Right, and that's the way most of I'm not say all the all the all the civil service work, but when they get in the management levels, yeah, it's their money, it's their pot of money, mm. and they they pretty much control it within you know within reason. So, wow, oh, but man. that's the way most management stuff is. The thing with NASA is it's so old and it hasn't ever really gone through a reform. I, yeah. I, maybe after Skylab, it went through a little reform. Because the old guys there, um, uh, the great what they call the graybeards, they they worked down the office from us. So I got to know one of got to know one of them pretty well, and the other one's pretty good too. Um, but there's one of them I didn't know. What they were doing, they were old engineers would teach the new engineers, how NASA used to do it. And some of these guys uh, between between Apollo and and I think Skylab was between Apollo and, and Space Shuttle. But there was a gap of time in there where they wanted to keep their engineers employed and they didn't want to let the talent go. So they would farm them out. Mm. And one of the projects that they farmed them out on was engineering a some kind of rail system for a train mm. um, you know that kind of stuff to keep to keep the their they didn't want to let the talent go i said that before and they would do that by farming them out so they didn't have to let them go mm. i don't and know how- if that has anything to do with what we we're talking about but <laughs> i always thought it was a great story My, <laughs> have i talked about that i went to like these guys put on a class and and my my boss said you really need to go see this class. So I went and I was having girlfriend problems. I, I mean, uh, I would barely stay awake. And I know Bob. I know Bob thought it was him. Girlfriend problems. Huh? Oh God, please. Um, um, I know Bob or Robert thought he was putting me to sleep because it was. But no, this class was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I, I the only reason I was having time is because I wasn't sleeping at night. <laughs> 
Anyway, anyway, we're watching a film. I'm that doesn't sound I've like a problem done. to me. Oh, that sounds like a problem to me because I was, I was, I was falling asleep in this guy's class. I can't imagine how disrespectful that is to me. Somebody falling asleep on me—that's that's a challenge. Yeah, know? that would be very bad. I can see. So that. anyway, he's—we're in this class, and they're showing us there's in a, when rockets explode. They don't explode because of the fuel, everything. What they do is they shake themselves apart. Yeah. The vibration, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they were they they figured this out and they were doing vibration testing. Right. Mm-hmm. This, and they, this is when they first started doing vibration testing. And I had a film of the guys at the top of the rocket with a chain, like a tug of war pulling and the guys at the bottom laying on their backs, pushing their feet up against the rocket to shake it. The real high tech way of doing it. It's a real high tech way of doing it. And I thought that, you know, that's how that's how you do it. And now they have test stands that do that. But back in the day, they didn't have that kind of stuff. They had yeah. to do it themselves. And I love that 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 image of these old engineers with their tennis shoes up against the shoot the, the rocket shaking it. <laughs> it should be a, i'm sure it's out on youtube i hadn't even thought to look at it but that was a really good class because you got to hear what it was like going into space from mm. their from their perspective and what they had to learn how to do you know to get there and in the way a lot of the ways that i think about it, i don't i don't believe in perfection but I do believe that we're as close as we ever got whenever we did Voyager or something else. Where mm-hmm. We're directing something out trillions of miles away from planet. Which brings me back to the Rothschilds. Have you gone through the Rothschilds? What, how not, much... not, not all of that. Okay. Stuff. Well, so maybe you can enlighten me I'm as to how do, this stuff. So, so you, hear, you hear Trump say it's going to be better than it was before. Mm-hmm. Okay, or we'll be we'll be better than we've ever been before on whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, there. I think I talked to you about Nassara Gassard. Did we go through that? Sara Gassard. Nassara Gassara. No. Okay, so what it is? No, this this is new. (laughs) Let's see if I remember what the acronym is. One of them is National Economic. Let me see. See if I can find it right quick so I can do it. Anyway. It's a it's a national equal, and then there's Gasara is the global plan. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on a minute, Chris. Let me see if I can find it right quick, so okay. I'll know what I said. Because this is important enough that I think I really need to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, I have a really good sense of it. I just don't have enough. Um, national Economic Stabilization and Recovery Act. Okay. And uh, it's a proposed set of economic reforms for the United States suggested in the 1990s by a private citizen, Harvey Francis Bernard. I don't, this is for time I was going to cross that. Anyway, um, it would include replacing the national income tax with a sales tax. But here's here's where it goes a little different than the sales tax. It's not about taxation. It's about recovering all the money that has been um, all the economic resources. I guess is what I always say. Man, it might be money from that have been um, skimmed off the top by the elite to the tune of trillions of dollars. So there is a huge pile of cash somewhere somewhere that and they're using to pay everybody off to let the, to make this thing happen. Yep. And and it's all big, it's all from and us. We're talking basically, huge, right? Trillions. <laughs> Think about it. we're finally up to the trillion and we and we just got there within the last couple, within the last couple of decades. Billion right. dollar debts because I'm remembering we're their billion dollar debt. And when we went to drilling, I thought they said we could never, and that's the whole thing we're never going to pay it back. It's, not, it's never going to be paid back. This whole college loan, all that stuff, it's, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be paid back. Right. They're making too much money out of letting it ride. That's, you know, anyway. 
Anyway, back to the deal. So you're saying is, what you're saying is that they have a ton of cash back there. Yes. Which they've built up over all these years, mm-hmm. and they are using it now to push their agenda. Yep. Uh, that just seems unbelievable to me. Well, so the 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 let me link that. So all okay. that cash is out there, right? Mm-hmm. Nasara Gasara is the way I hear it. I'm not going, and this may be conspiracy or, or not. Right before right before this came out, or maybe right, right after this came out, you've heard about um, Donald Rumsfeld when he's the, the uh, uh, Secretary of the, uh, Defense coming the day before 9-11. This is part of the 9-11 story. Mm-hmm. The day before 9-11. Oh, the $10 trillion dollars are missing the, or something I like that. I think it's $3 trillion, $3 trillion, $3 trillion. Dollars missing right. from, the, from the Pentagon. They had no idea where it went. Mm. Well, now we know that they were probably money laundering crap out of it. And we, you know, we would have thought black ops, but they could have been easily money laundering it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't actually know how much money we've ever spent because they could have been money laundering it in and out of pockets. You know, they're just using this like a cash cow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. an American taxpayer is a cash cow, and they're just they're just draining it. You, you think about all the taxes we pay. I'm not even a tax guy. I don't even care. You know, mm-hmm. we do need we need services, but you, we're taxing everything. Everything yep. pretty much has the tax on it somewhere that somebody. How did they come up? How did they? How did they come up with this idea that driving cars needed taxes? I don't mm-hmm. understand that. I don't. Mm-hmm. And I understand driver's license. How does that? It's a license, but it's a tax. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, anyway, we're we're going down a rabbit hole. No, 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 but no, no. Back, back, back to. Um, What's his name? There is a there's a, there's a like a, a circle of families. You, I'll see if I can find it. There is like a hierarchy of the known like the knowns versus the unknowns that are supposedly own the world. <laughs> Why are you sorry? You reminded me of, of Rumsfeld and his known knowns and his unknown knowns. And that, where do you think I got that? I love that. <laughs> There's what because a lot of it is, is um, there's some of that in uh, in uh, Jahari Window. Have you ever heard of that? No. What's that? Well, this is a communication tool. It's about what people see you. Let me see. Oh hell, it's been so long. It's been over 25 years since I even dealt with this thing. <laughs> it's a it's a communication tool. I'm doing a lot of searching today. Um, let's see if I can find it. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a two by two grid. It's the open. That's the stuff you know, the known self where you people know about. Not only do you know it, other people know it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the blind, which is not known to you, but other people know it. So it, he would be great if he if he only didn't get in his own way with that kind of stuff. Mm, okay. And the, so that's the so we're going uh, counterclockwise on the on the on the thing. And the uh, I'm gonna, so it'll be unknown. That is unknown to you and to others. Mm-hmm. And the final one is known to yourself, but you don't know the other people don't know it. Like your your personal secrets, right? And it's a really good tool. Of when I popped it up, guess what? It applied to the bankers and the entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose, but but that was part of my in uh, and it's a two guys communication scholars or something came up with this thing years ago, and it's to okay, what do you know about yourself? What does everybody know about you? That's basically what we're saying. And then you say, you ask, this is where you do like a um, a 360. Do you, you know what I'm talking about when I say a 360? Yeah. Uh, a multi-rater uh, uh, survey. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, no, where I'm, t- I'm familiar with those. I okay. remember doing those. <laughs> and, and this is where you, you don't know about things that you do because you just do them so often. 
and other people dig. So that's one of the reasons you do a multi-graded survey. Mm. And obviously, unknown. It's something you that is un, that's there. It's like a resource that nobody knows is ready to be tapped into. Mm. And the hidden one is you know it, but you're not telling anybody about it. So this is why we're in the state we're in today. Because they've the got, it's the same it's the same cabal running everything. Right. And so, does this apply to ho- homelessness as well? So can we apply the same model to what's happening in, in these cities? Or so is this, is this something to, different? So let's see if we can put draw some dots in here of things we've said in the past. Okay. You know what I think? And uh, I, just, I just saw this the other day. I was thinking, oh, they're going after this one too. Um, you know what I think about Star Wars? Yes, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, and they're destroying they're destroying the hero myth. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I think they've yep. done a really good job of that. Oh I yeah, think it's, it's it's as far uh... as, as, far as <laughs> although you show, haven't been watching Mandalorian though. No, have you? I haven't. I, I admit I haven't. I haven't seen. And what's the other one you told me? It was getting back to to canon. You said there's another one. There. Andor. Andor. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, although although it's slowly starting to see, and, and it's starting to uh, wokeify again, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think basically I think what's happened here is is that they tried the hammer and got pushed back on the hammer, oh, and yeah. said, oh you know what we're gonna make this just we're just gonna make it more insidious, right? We're just gonna slide it in under the radar. Until until it's normalized, and then bring it back up. So they, right. they they overplayed their hand. They understand that they overplayed their hand, and now they're just going to do it in a more subtle way, right? Yeah. I mean, and they, I think that's what they were impatient. Uh, yeah, and and I mean, we were talking about how they became they became impatient because they saw all of this stuff going on and the backlash against things and Trump and all this, right? So right. So. <laughs> Trump, Trump was a disruptor. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did not. I, it took me a while to think, but he was a major disruptor in the way things were being set up. And yeah. and the other, the one of the things that he was a disruptor on is he had his own money. He didn't need their money, which is yeah. The the system doesn't work if you don't have um, some beholden to somebody. Oh yeah. You have he, to have that. You have to have, have the, that. yeah, you have to have the control. Right. And so part of, uh, did you see that they think how Jeffrey Epstein got hold of Bill Gates as Bill Gates was having an affair with a young Oh, Muslim I heard something player. about that. This yes. is this new and information I, though, right? I haven't told Rose about this, but Rose had a woman from Australia, I think from Australia, that would come that came and visited with her for a month and and she needed to go online to play bridge with Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. She told me about this a couple of times and this is before this even popped up. So I have a tendency she just volunteered it, you know. Why why would she come up with that? Um so I, I'm gonna tell I've, I've got a that, that that's not her. real, is it? Is it real? Yeah, they were playing online. Are you, are you sure it was it? really them? <laughs> well, that that I can't answer. I can't answer that because uh, I have no verification. Uh, but I, as an as an apocryphal story, it's lining up with stuff that is going on. Right. And I'm like, Bridge is the connector here, uh, and I could, if they're playing on, if they're playing online, I could totally see them, uh, Russian bridge player. Meeting up with, with Bill Gates, especially the tournaments. You know, they want these people always want to be challenged by the best, and mm. it yeah. wouldn't really be <laughs> too far fetched to say, "Hey, you know." And if you saw the look, she's a nice looking girl. She's hell of a lot better looking than than what what's her name? And <laughs> what's her name? You go Ooh. back and get, uh, who he married? Uh, what's her name? The Bill and Melinda Gates, yeah, Melinda Gates. Go back, and I, I, I think they cloned her. <laughs> she, she looks so much worse than she did twenty years ago. I mean, really, I mean, man hands the whole thing. Oh boy, 
Um, and you know, so now we're going, I, I don't know where to believe this or not, but now we're going into trainings that were, that were the controlling for the guys that were in power. Mm-hmm. They, they think that, uh, that, uh, what's her name? Barbara Bush was, uh, was trans, was a really transvestite. Yeah. You mean transgender, transsexual? No, no, not transgender. Oh, trans. Transvestite. So, so she was a man. Yeah. Like Big Mike. You know about Big Mike, don't you? Uh, who doesn't? <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot of people who don't know about Big Mike yet. So, um, no, I, I love it when you're on Twitter and, and people talk about uh, um, him and they and everyone uses the her pronoun, right? So the, there's always somebody who goes in and says, Big Mike. Him, <laughs> him or her or his. <laughs> it's. Um, Going back to Barbara Bush, though, have you heard of Alistair, uh, Alistair Crowley? Alistair Crowley, isn't that the um, the uh, Freemason, uh, uh, a cult guy? Yeah, but he's yeah. a Freemason too. Oh, that's another thing. I mean, they've been starting to talk, uh, chat about Freemasonry on uh, on 4chan. Is it is like what's the deal with that? Is it is it bad or good? I guess they were okay, trying, so, trying to they so, were trying to comment on whether is is like should we be should we be going, yes, this is a good thing, or should we go, be going, this is a bad thing? Depends on what the... level you're talking about. Oh, the, there's, oh there's different levels. Yeah, I've heard oh, that there's different the, levels. There's 33rd, right? 33rd degree Mason. You, that's that's the level you need to worry about from what I... Oh, and, everybody else is all right, though? <laughs> yeah, everybody, until they cross that line, yeah. yeah. It, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, you hear, and this ties in my Templars, too. Mm-hmm. And Illuminati, these these three things kind of pull together, yeah. and there's there's a lot of stuff that just they touch base on a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, there's one with the Knight Templar is that they would let's see how they how I want to say this they would um, there's a ritual where they spat on the crucifix and did something on the Bible or something like that. And the reason they did that is supposedly is that if they, if they were captured by the Seraphims back in 1100s or so, then they would, they would use that as a sign of torture. um, And what they were doing is trying to normalize spitting on Christ and all this stuff. Ah, okay. Okay, so that was the okay. That was the so reasoning. There, there, uh, you kind of get that. You, they never actually say that on some of these things, but it's it's there often enough that you can kind of read between the lines. Mm. That would be that would be the hidden uh, from the self, but known to others, and I'm the I'm the other. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, let's see. So Alistair Crowley is, um, you need to look at him. You need you ought to see him as as he is in popular culture because mm-hmm. he's on a Beatles album. Yes. He he's on uh, Sgt. Pepper's band, I think. No way. I think, huh. I think that's the one he's on. He's, his picture's there. Interesting. So there's, you want a rabbit hole? Pull that rabbit hole. That's a that's a good one to go down. Um, is is maybe some, and the other one that's coming up is it's not called reptilians. It's called reptilians. I ran across this last night. What? Rept- <laughs> like I, like like Italians? No. <laughs> no, not like Italians. Although that's pretty funny. The, the only way you can tell the reptilians is through their eyelids. So maybe <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I know I'm making a lot of fun of this, but some people believe this seriously, and I'm I'm still on the fence. I'm I'm like, okay. The only one that doesn't that I'm not on the fence about is the Freemason symbolism in that is coming out in entertainment. Mm. And if you, well, that's that stuff's all over the place. Yeah, though. It's, it's so, the, so the hidden eye. I think yeah. where they're looking through their fingers. Yeah, uh, as the OK sign. But even then, the OK sign. Is supposed to be the six six six. Yeah, you've, you've run across that too. Mm-hmm. But I've seen. You're as deep in the rabbit hole as me. I just <laughs> happen to go a little bit further than you. 
Yeah, you go pretty. Further. You go pretty deep. <laughs> I, but the the thing is, I I don't live and breathe this stuff. I just it's just I know it. Yeah, I've run across it, and I think it's fascinating enough to do it. But we, you and I, talked about um, how how the Pope has the Swiss Guard, mm-hmm. and you look at these guys. Why are they the toughest bastards on the planet? Yeah, I never understood that. I never and understood that. I personally think that whenever whenever they went after the Templars, the Templars became the Swiss Guard. That's what mm. I think. Because all that money went somewhere, and Switzerland is like a secret hole for money. Makes Man. sense to me. You know, I got this. We, we, is there any way we can fight back against this and go back to normal? I guess we can't, right? We're just well, normal. We're just pawns is, in the in the uh, in the whole game of of what so, they want to so accomplish you, here. So let's normal was given to you. Mm. It's their normal, not our normal. Yeah. And they took it away from us because they could. Our normal yeah. was probably when we were. Uh, pastoral in nature and and growing our own food you know yeah but i mean wasn't there a period of time in like the 50s or whatever when things were actually decent <laughs> or, or or are we just well so, just dreaming know, we were dreaming because at that so think about it at that time all all um i will say probably the turning point was when they came up with no fault divorce mm that and the pill because they happened at about the same time within years of each other right. maybe maybe four maybe two three years of each other and no fault divorce was a, a way for them to destroy the nuclear family mm-hmm. and you're starting to run back to people reacting to that saying we we are getting away from this you need to grow it again that's that whole um trad wife thing on tiktok i think yeah. i don't watch tiktok but it spills over to to uh, youtube yeah, so well, don't you, you don't you read the Manly Mail? He wants to Bill, Bill wants to find a trad wife. <laughs> you know, I was going to say <laughs> when you when you do the voice for that guy, do you have can you make him a little bit dark, deep, uh, little deeper, like a smokes no, like a smoker. Yeah, his, his voice is a little bit high. Uh, I, you know, it's hard to find uh, deep male voices on these really? services. Yeah, because they're all really they're all they're all run by by Zoomers. <laughs> Right. And they're all like this. I don't like these. So I, when I listen to him, I, I'm going to tell yeah, Chris, I've got to, I got to reprocess. be a little bit more whiskey. That is my, that, I have to reprocess the voice. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull the voice out. So this is going to be a very, a little more uh, labor intensive than I thought. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull the voice out and deepen it and then put it back up. So I can, can do you, that. Can you like, yeah. Like, uh, I don't, well, you can slow it down. And it makes it deeper. Uh, no, you can slow it down. You can make it deeper without slowing it down. There's, there's uh, well, tools. I, yeah, I know there's tools that do that because um, um, Audible, Aud- Audacity does that. I just, yeah. I don't know how it does it, but it does it. Yeah. Um, no, I, and and that's what I do on my regular podcast. I do have a, I have a setting. I have a bass and treble setting where I go mm-hmm. in and I change it, and it's like like uh, it's defaulted and it, it sounds better. So do I can you, do the same do thing you with sound that. like this. <laughs> Not that deep. Not that deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, my goodness, dude, if you have a choice, go deep. Yeah. I gotta, I just gotta mess with it. See some of this stuff, it takes a oh, lot of time oh, oh. to, uh, to um, what's the word I'm looking for to, to fool around with it and find find the right voice. Well, that's why we need to right? go to Yosemite because at night we're not going to the Yosemite. We we'd be sitting there with the laptop. Just, ta- what about just this? talking. What about this? Yeah. Um, I thought of the woman I was thinking about last week when we talked. Mm-hmm. Uh, like his like um, like his girlfriend. I can't remember his name now. Mike? Bill. Bill's Bill. girlfriend. Yeah, Bill's yeah. girlfriend. D- didn't I? Tallulah I sent you. I sent you a Bankhead. link this morning. Yeah, Tallulah you know, Bankhead. Tulula Bankhead. So I should make. Mm-hmm. I should uh, pattern her. Did you see a picture of Sandy today? I sent her. No, I, I sent you her picture. picture. I sent you her um, picture. Which, so which which avenue? Telegram. Did you send it on. Tell, okay, isn't that the one you go, use most of the time? I don't use it very much. I just read it. 
Oh, You're, what's the it, best way to communicate with you, Messenger? Well, I said no. I I I've learned now. That, okay, this is Sandy. That's her picture. Yeah, let me think about it. She's still looking. So she looks too innocent. Yeah, she looks <laughs> a little bit. Too she needs a little more sultriness. She needs. So <laughs> did I get? So I gave you names to run against her, right? Yeah. Uh, Gloria Graham, yeah. really sexy. Um. Uh, Ruth Roman. Uh, uh, what's her what's her name? You ought to use. Um, I gave you Veronica Lake, and and uh, uh Elizabeth Scott. Mm -hmm. And there's somebody else in um in um. Let me think about her name. I'm all I can almost get it. It's really close. Um. She was in the, a lot of the film noir things. So you, you need to, what I would do is uh, maybe use uh, film noir, uh, femme fatale. That's mm -hmm. what I, yeah, femme or what do they call them? Uh, mall, M-O-L-L. -L. Uh, uh, well, like the mall. malls? Mall, yeah, like, it's, you know, like, this is like the girlfriend. But malls are like uh, gangster girlfriends, are they not? Yeah, but... I think it was a kind of a nondescript thing. For, I'm trying to think of Mike Hammer, not not him, um, not Sam Spade either. Um, there's another one I'm not thinking of at the moment. It's Mike Hammer and Sam Spade, and there's another big name that was in the in that genre in that era. Uh, Maybe I'll think of it like I did this other one. I'll mm -hmm. try to think of it. Okay. Um, did you ever read uh, any of the? Did you ever watch any of the Nero Wolf movies when they were on or TV shows on no. A and E? No. What's that? Okay, so Nero, you Nero Wolf is like this fat, orchid-loving detective in new york city he doesn't mm -hmm. like to go out of his house so everybody comes to see him and he had he had this smart i mean this smart alec sidekick named archie <laughs> and Ar so it's told from archie's point of view and it is a hilarious series of detective novels i love it it's like 1930s 1940s i found these things when i was on wheat harvest way back in the in the 70s Wow. And I started reading them, and as I would look for them for a long time, you wouldn't find very many of them. I can't remember who wrote them, um, but the character's name is Nero Wolf, and so and so. And and well, that, the Archie, mean, you we need can to find that out. We like can find Archie. that out in seconds, right? Uh, yeah, you could. You could. <laughs> uh, you need to set him up like a wisecracking. Oh, I know somebody who's really who's really good. Robert Taylor used to be a a wisecracking American, brassy, Rex bold, Stout, huh? Rex Stout. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And uh, he thirty-three novels, thirty-nine novellas, published between thirty-four and seventy-five. Thanks, JetGPT. <laughs> um, nice. So yeah, yeah, the wisecracking Archie Goodwin, wisecracking bold, brash American. <laughs> he and this goes back to way. I don't know that he ended up there, but he started out there. Uh, and I always wondered why we went, Americans kind of went more for Cary Grant than Robert Taylor. Mm. Robert Taylor was probably, it's Cary Grant, it's right in they actually did a them. They actually did a TV show? Who? Oh, uh, Nero Wolf? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, Timothy Hutton was Archie. Oh, and he's Rome. He's based in London, in in Italy. I didn't know that. What? Who? What? Nero Wolf. No, he's in New York. Then why does it say Rome? <laughs> uh, is it, a, is it an Italian? Oh yeah, they didn't. Oh, it's an Italian company that did it. Oh. <laughs> how many? How many books? How many? Is it like forty-seven. I mean, forty-seven I books. Read all of them. 
Holy cow. Uh, I, uh, as they would come in, you'd find them in the bookstore. And you may mm-hmm. find more of them now. I don't know. Um, but it's it was it was just a fun read. It's, it, it was just fun. Archie is the is he's he he works for Wolf, but he tells Wolf pretty much what he wants to say. <laughs> is Wolf like a? Uh, he's got like, his side is cr- his, his side cracks are really funny. Oh, b- brilliant, obese, and eccentric, eccentric fic- right. fictional armchair detective. <laughs> <laughs> who who loves orchids so he, he goes into there's there's several characters that come in the book uh i can't remember the chef but there's a chef and then there's a, a detective there's a couple of detectives that, that are recurring characters and then archie art like i said it's told from archie's point of view okay I, here's the book, it, bibliography it's like okay i got it so i will i will listen to one of these i gotta go it's 9 okay, 30 okay, i just realized okay. But I, I am putting it. I am putting it on my audiobook list right now. Here I go. Okay. Aud- buying but with find me credit. a date so I can book a room. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it all organized in the next week. Okay. Right. Bye. Thank you, sir. Bye. To be continued on the next episode of Oddly Incorrect.